Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of The Prosper Project. Today, my guest is May Yeo Silvers. And May, who I know through a group that we have been in, is an event planner with over 20 years of experience in the hospitality and events field. She is also the founder of M2 Hospitality and Events for Anyone. May is a happy wife, a proud mom, and a successful entrepreneur. Her journey in the industry that she's in actually began in Singapore, which is her original home. May started her hospitality career as a food and beverage trainee at the Raffles Hotel Singapore. It was there that she fell in love with the hospitality industry and decided to pursue that as a career. In 2004, she came to Miami, Florida, where she is now to help establish the events and food beverage department of a brand new luxury hotel that overlooks the iconic South Beach. She worked her way up before deciding that she wanted to leave the hospitality field as an employee and create her own business, M2 Hospitality, and she created that and has been going strong ever since. Welcome to the podcast, May. It's so, so wonderful to have you here. Thank you for having me, Lauren. Yeah. So being an event planner with a hospitality brand, how has that kind of made your approach a little bit different than perhaps the average event planner? Definitely gave me a huge edge and advantage for sure. You know, as we continue the conversation, you will find out that I also have a coaching business for event planners. And I see so much chatter in the online space about what you need to start an event planning company. And there's chatter about you got to get certified. There's chatter about you have to have inventory. There's chatter about you need to have an office space. You need to own a venue. I was like, No, (laughs) no. So being in the hospitality field as a director of events, director of catering conference services have exposed me to what actually events is all about. Okay, it's about bringing people together and creating a memorable experience. And your job as an event planner is to identify what the host wants and needs and what the attendees want to experience when they come to the event. And for you to be able to run a business, you know, in all honesty, event planning's business is probably one of the business that has a low barrier to entry. Mm. And me being in the hospitality field, I had the opportunity to understand how important 
vendor relationship is. So those are the people who I consider as my team. They are not my contractors. They are not my employees. They are an extension of me providing the service that I have envisioned or a vision that we put together, together with my client. And I will go find the vendors that is able to execute that vision. So I started my business with zero inventory. There's no office space needed. I didn't mm. get certified. I learned everything hands-on. I built great relationship with venues and vendors. And I grew my business through just 100% focus on relationship building. So a collaboration. And collaboration. Like, yeah, what I'm hearing yeah. from you is the difference between you and perhaps other event planners is the event planner feels like, okay, I'm in control. The vision's partly informed by the client, but it's me responsible for executing. And what I'm hearing from you is that you approach people as partners in creating that. What does, how do we bring this vision to life? Understanding maybe that they have different perspectives based on their own experience that can enhance what you co-create. Yes. It's all about finding the right people who's able to carry out your vision or in fact, even elevate your vision. And I think event planners, they are creative by nature. Understanding how to run a profitable business includes understanding numbers, business structures. What exactly does a CEO do in a business, right? Because <laughs> a lot of event planners are hands-on. They start with decorating, planning, and then their friends and family say, oh my God, you're so good at doing this. Why don't you just start a business? Mm -hmm. And then they started the business with a passion, which is what is critical when you want to have a business and have longevity. But you've got to understand and ask yourself, how do I see this business grow in the long run where I can actually be the CEO and enjoy the CEO lifestyle that I want to have from the get-go. That's why you decide not to work a nine-to-five, right? Right. But a lot of times, I see a lot of event planners without the proper guidance, they fall into the trap of getting themselves a golden handcuff. And that's why you created your coaching program, right? Yes. Good segue. That's great. <laughs> yep. So, Talk a little bit about that. How long after you went out on your own did you decide that you were going to really fill that gap between following a passion and actually making it a profitable business? You know what's really interesting? I never even thought about it. I just wanted to plan events. And just because of who I am, I am blessed with the foresight and the leadership skills that I have honed in over the years, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that I was a great leader when I was in my 20s or 30s. As I get in my 40s, I get better and better. I think it comes with the age, right? So when I stepped out and started my own company, a lot of my colleagues in the hospitality field admired my guts to give up a six-figure income to have my mm -hmm. own company and live a good-paying job, insurance, stability. But I knew what I wanted. I wanted a life. I wanted to live my best life. And I wanted to do what I love doing every day, waking up every day, doing what I love and have the income to support the lifestyle. 
So I just went on doing my thing and I continued with a friendship because a lot of my hotel peers became my referral. <laughs> they would refer their clients. Yeah. They would refer clients to me for whatever they couldn't provide at the hotel. They would refer them to me. And then I think things happened for a reason because COVID hit in 2020. Mm-hmm. And all, all of my friends in the hospitality field lost their job. Oh Every single one. Those, uh, who told, yeah, those who admired my guts to start my own company and those who said that I was crazy, they were all in that batch. So overnight, you lost your job. So there's no job security. The job security bubble was burst. Mm-hmm. And it was a very sad and depressing sight that you basically wake up every day to go to work thinking that by just showing up at work, you get a paycheck and life goes on, right? You have the paycheck and you pay your bills. Life goes on. That life just disappeared. Where am I getting the money for the next bill? So I just felt this calling Mm -hmm. that when I was in a hotel, I was a leader. I lead and I train and even when I left the hotel, my peers in the hotel will call me and say, what should I do in this situation? Because, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, because their, their direct support was not a leader that they could go back to. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I could lead. I have never coached before. But coaching is all about sharing your experience, leading them, inspiring them. And that I know I have. Mm-hmm. So I started a coaching program officially in July 2020 Um, and it was a crazy move because I am telling event planners to take the leap of faith to start an event planning company when nobody was planning events. And to invest in working with you at the same time. And so it was like two leaps of faith. You were like, hey, I can get you over this river right now, but you have to invest in me and invest, well, invest in yourself. Ultimately, it's two investments in yourself. Exactly. I love that, but it worked. Can you explain? I mean, it's so contrary. It makes absolutely, it's like the opposite of making sense to do it at that particular time. And yet it worked. So can you talk a little bit about how you know, people started to see that this might make sense and made the choice or the leap to do it. You know, sometimes the best thing in life doesn't make sense. Sometimes the worst thing in life doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to make sense. It only has to make sense to your gut. Yeah. I trust my gut a lot and I trust what I can do for them because I have a business model that they can model in reference to how I built my business. So I know how to do it. It's not like I'm teaching them out of something based on a textbook. Everything that I'm teaching you is exactly what I have done. And you can learn from me and avoid those mistakes. And I can learn from you because everything that I have taught inside the program or still teaching inside the program is customized based on who you are as a person how you think, your risk tolerance, and how do you make sense out of no sense? So it worked because I was able to share my experience, number one. I was able to inspire them to look beyond the current reality 
because nothing is ever permanent. I love that. That's so pivotal right there, May. Yeah. You nothing, look beyond your current reality. You know, nothing is permanent. And of course, I ask more questions because everybody wants, you know, like I say, there's a wonderpreneur everywhere. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> So there's one entrepreneur, there's one entrepreneur everywhere, but how many actually made it to become an entrepreneur? So I will ask questions like, you know, I understand that you've been getting a paycheck for the last 20 years. Right. How does it feel like to write your own paycheck? Have you been thinking about it? You know, what's stopping them? So it's basically talking through the whole process and getting them out of their own way. Mm-hmm. And letting them understand that failure is inevitable, but it's how you perceive a result is just a result. Whatever you do, there's always a result. But we give meaning to the result. We do. And that meaning is what is going to propel you or hinder you. So that's why I teach a lot inside the program is understanding the result and not to let the emotions come in to cloud your decision what to do next right it's like fail means first attempt in learning mm-hmm. that's right it's not a bad thing it's not a good thing it's just a thing and yeah <laughs> exactly right? it's, just a, it's just a thing so yeah. there's no good there's no bad it's what are you attaching to that exactly exactly but that's a huge mindset shift i think for a lot of people to make and so You learn it and then being with a group of people where you're actively remembering it and bringing it up, I think is really important. And that's why a program like yours, rather than just going out and like, I mean, you'll probably write a book at some point and people can buy that book. It's actually coming out. (laughs) One year in the making. Yeah, well, mine is a year and a half at this point, and it's still not coming out. But congratulations. That's great. And when it does come out, email me and we'll add that link to the show notes. So people listening to this podcast a year from now can go and get your book. The thing is, the book will only teach you, whereas your program will help hold people accountable. And you'll have, you know, someone to remind you, hey, you know, this doesn't mean anything except you learned something. So how are you going to apply that learning to the next thing, right? You know, it's just like if books can solve all problems, then we wouldn't need a school. True enough. We wouldn't need teachers, right? Yeah, it's the same thing. That's so good. I love that quote. Yeah, that's really, really important. So now you are still doing events and running the coaching business. So before we started recording, we were talking about how in the past you have run events for celebrities, you've run events for big corporations like banks and law firms, and now you're running events for coaches and consultants, and you really love that space. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. You know, when I do events for celebrities, big name companies, a lot of it, it's ego-driven. It's ego-driven and it's, or it becomes a necessity. It's just part of their marketing budget. They got to spend that money to do the event and they use it for educational purposes. They use it for incentive trip for their salespeople, which is all understandable. But for me, I want to, you know, 
April this year was 10th year in business. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, this year in business, we are a multiple six-figure profit event planning company. I pay attention to revenue, but I pay more attention to profit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have come to a point that I have done so many events. I've attended so many events and I get invited to a lot of events and ask myself, do I want to go to this event? What makes me want to go to this event? And I had the pleasure to attend some very transformational events done by coaches and when I went to those events, I left as a different person because of the people that's in there and because of the contents that's being shared in there. It basically challenged my current way of thinking and my current way of living and my current way of operating my business, myself, and my personal life. So... I want to do events like that where we bring in people that we all help one another and at the same time learn from a leader that we respect. So it's not just another event where, oh, the food is really good. Oh, the band is great. Oh, the entertainment is fantastic. I learned something and then you forgot about it because it's not part of you. So... I get so much joy planning events for coaches and consultants because the whole agenda all evolves about challenging oneself so that they can live their best life. So transformational versus like... Informational or or pure pleasure. Yeah. Not that pure pleasure is bad. I've been on some of those reward trips and they're pretty nice. Yeah, it's true. It's true, you know? I think that is a synergy to create an event where you can incorporate certain experience mm-hmm. that people will leave the event saying that this is a complete experience. I never thought that events can be done like that. That's when I know that I've done a great job. That's amazing. That is amazing. So what is important to you or What is kind of key about your approach to working with clients, do you think? I think that when I decide to work with somebody, it's a whole thought process. I ask myself, first and foremost, do I like this person? That's good for you. Do I want want to spend the next three months or six months working with this person and her team? So I asked myself that, and I also asked, what is the purpose of having this event? And I believe that every event that you put together is a profitable sales activity, if you know how mm-hmm. to do it. Love that. So, yeah. so it's not just about a marketing cost. It is not a cost. It's a cost only if you are clear with your pricing strategy, your marketing mm-hmm. strategy, and your targeting strategy. So when I decide who I want to work with, I ask questions. I ask very provocating questions. I ask why you want to do this event. Why is it important for you? Why Mm -hmm. do you think people will come to this event? What is it they're going to have and take away that they can't get it from anywhere else? And what kind of total experience you want to give to them? You know, like apart from just content, 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 What can we give to them that they say that I made a lifelong relationship, a friendship with someone that I met 
at the event. And I know for a fact that happens because I'm one perfect example. <laughs> yes. So at events that I've attended, I've created friendship that led to collaboration, that led to business, and mm. that led to deepening of a human relationship. So I look at all those tangible and intangible factors, tangible, intangible ROIs. And as long as our values and ethics and the way we think and work are aligned, we work together. That's really, really great. So, May, as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I want to ask, is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't or anything else that you want to share with our audience today? I think that what you're doing is great. You know, your business, it's taking into consideration, but when you make money, how can you benefit the world, right? Thank you. And before we can benefit the world, we have to benefit us. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we, we do. Yeah, we have to fulfill ourselves first because you can't serve the world if you're not serving yourself. We are service providers. We put priority to what we can do for our clients. And sometimes we give too much and we are unaware of where we are heading, that we are not able to create longevity and sustainability in the business and you just crash. In order for us to want to give back to the world, I think that it is extremely important to ask yourself why you want to have a business. How are you going to create sustainability for your personal life, for your business, so that you show up happy every day? And that's the best way that you can serve the people around you and serve the world. And that's where you actually make the most money, in all honesty. That's so true. And I love that you shared that. That was a gift right there. It's lovely. And it's lovely to have someone here with me who believes exactly what I do, that we do. Like, we're not always good at it. Even when we recognize that, I said something about that yesterday. I actually created a post that said, we do not work so we can rest. We rest so we can work. Rest is not earned. It is required. And I in part posted that as a reminder to me because we know these things, but we either have to have someone remind us like our spouse or someone we meet through mentoring or, you know, just some kind of networking group or a mastermind group. We can remind each other of it, but it is something that even though we know we don't always practice. So thank you so much for sharing that insight for all of our entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs listening. And then this relates to the final question I always ask my guests. We call this the Prosper Project because we're really trying to share that success looks different for everyone. So you have basically two different types of business. You have one where it's the done for you, the event planning, and another one where you're teaching people how to do the same thing, how to create those kinds of businesses for themselves. So what does it mean for you to prosper, May? I think when you say the word prosper, the first thing people think about is money. Mm-hmm. Right? The first thing that people think about, yeah, it's money. For me, prospering means, you know, you probably have heard me say a few times in our conversation, is living your best life. I am prospering every day because I choose to honor myself. And understanding what makes me happy and fulfilled. 
when I structure my business, and this doesn't happen overnight, I have like total burnout. That I was like, that's it. No more planning events. I am done. <laughs> and I have come to a point that I was like, that's it. I can't take on any more clients in my coaching business because I don't want to talk to another human being. So don't get to that point, okay? <laughs> right. We can all relate to that though. We, we have all, all had those days. That's true. Yeah. So for me to prosper is really understanding what makes you happy. And what makes you happy can be financially. It can be how much time you have for yourself, how much time you have for your family, how much time you have to basically just live doing whatever you want, whatever you want, and wherever you want. So I have structured my business in a way that respect that. So my whole entire business will fit into my lifestyle, not the other way around. I love that. That's so great. May Silvers, thank you so much for being a guest on the Prosper Project today. And to our listeners, there will be links below in the show notes where you can find May, various places from her website to her social media. So until next week, everyone take good care, be mindful, and we'll see you next week with another episode of the Prosper Project. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business. 